The Lord's Day by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. The third day is the day of the Lord, or the day he was resurrected to new life. This glorious day heralded his victory over death, hell, and the grave to all the world. As we die in his death and baptism, we too resurrect in his day. The Lord's day has been in existence since the cross, waiting for the body of Christ to come into being. Like Joshua told the sun to stand still, so the greater Joshua restrains the sun until his mission is complete. This is why all generations have thought it possible that they were the ones that were to be glorified. They have all been trying to assemble as the body of Christ. Here is what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. But the body of Christ cannot materialize until the full knowledge of Christ has been released and acted upon. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Until we as the body can learn to love one another, think through the word, and obediently fulfill whatever ministry we are called to, we cannot walk as Christ. Adam cannot do it nor can their traditional church. The Lord is therefore waiting for the born-again people of the eighth day to enter into His day. A new generation of people with a completely different mindset must be created. Why? Because it will take a new creation with entirely new thoughts gleaned from the mind of God to live eternally in the new physical realm of His kingdom. Psalm chapter 102, verse 18. This will be written for the generation to come, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Of course, we know that through the dark ages, much truth was lost to God's people, as well as the truth that was sealed or closed during Daniel's day. Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. These seals must be opened and truth restored and received for even the eighth-day people to be able to enter into the Lord's day. They will have to understand holiness and separation. They will have to allow the circumcision of their hearts from evil and even their hearts to be circumcised from the rest of Adam's race to become a new and different kind. As all criteria are met, a new breed of mankind is beginning to appear. People that have been taught through the word and no longer believe the lies of Satan are renouncing the knowledge from the tree of good and evil and choosing knowledge from the tree of life. Their thoughts are becoming more like God's thoughts, so their ways are more like His ways. 
They will one day have the full knowledge of the Son of God so they can truly unite and become His body. Just as Adam was different from the race of mankind that was here before him, so we must be born again and created much different from Adam. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 alludes to the fact that there were beings here before Adam. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 Then God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill, the old King James says, replenish the earth and subdue it. The born-again children of God, however, are in the image of Christ, not Adam. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Looking back in history, all those born to Adam became so evil that God actually destroyed them, leaving only Noah and his family. Of course, even this family were descendants of fallen Adam, and so immediately, after the flood subsided, they also began to sin. But God promised Noah that a remnant would remain always. He also promised he would never destroy the earth's surface because of mankind again. But he didn't promise that he would not create a different kind of man, one that was incorruptible, to take dominion of this planet back again. What was the sign of this covenant? The rainbow. The rainbow has many colors, as do sound waves. As God prophesies and sings through his prophets today, the reverberation of his voice creates sound waves. Thus the word again gives birth to a new generation as the eighth day dawns. These, we could say, would be the children of the rainbow or the children of God's promise. This could not happen until the eighth day, however, because God was resting on the seventh. So as knowledge of all this is revealed, it must mean it is the dawning of the eighth day. Again, going back in time, we see the promise of God and another glimpse of these children of promise as Abraham came on the scene. He was a righteous man that loved and believed in the sovereignty of God. In fact, Father called him his friend and chose his son Isaac to be the forefather of his son who would father those who were born again. He also promised Abraham he would bless those who were his seed and circumcised. But it was not to be those circumcised in the natural it would be those who are circumcised or cut away from the tree of good and evil and willing to lay down who they are in Adam to become something new and different. Bloodlines alone would not grant them access to the glorified state. Yes, they must be the seed of Abraham through Isaac, which Jesus traces back to, but they will also have to attain a certain spiritual condition or state to be eligible for immortality. It is the enlightened ones that have chosen knowledge from the tree of life and are separate from this world built by the hand of the enemy that attain the promises of God. 
the sign that they have sacrificed their life as Adam and entered into the new covenant with Christ, making them rightful heirs of Abraham's covenant, is their white robes. Revelation chapter 7, verse 14. And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. These robes are spiritual clothing, a mark of dignity, unseen by man, but nevertheless recognized by the angels to determine who is to be harvested at the last harvest and protected in God's storehouse. Unfortunately, those without their white robes who have denied truth will be found naked and burned as chaff at the end of the Lord's day. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 16, verse 15, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, makes his robes white, lest he walk naked, spiritually uncovered, and they see his shame. Matthew chapter 13, verses 49 and 50. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. As the trumpet sounds, or God's voice reverberates, and his people are gathered at the last Rosh Hashanah, the last ingathering, the last harvest, the last feast of trumpets, those with the wrong apparel will not be among them. Revelation chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. And another angel came out from the altar, who had power over fire, and he cried out with a loud cry to him, who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city, and blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for 1,600 furlongs. Most of the church ignores God's feast where this truth is offered, so they are totally ignorant of this knowledge. Leviticus chapter 23 tells us the feasts are for all generations and lists them. Why is this not taught? Galatians chapter 3 verse 29 tells us we are Abraham's seed. Galatians chapter 3 verse 29. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 warns leadership pretty plainly about the need for searching for truth to protect their flock from Satan's plans. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, truth from the scriptures. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, those written on our hearts, I also will forget your children. 
How very sad that last sentence is. I also will forget your children. God, who is the same always, feels the same way in the New Testament. In fact, the body of Satan that will come against the body of Christ will be formed from those who have turned their back on truth. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8-10 through 10. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. In closing, the day of the Lord is still open and waiting for the arrival of the eighth-day creation. He is looking for them to unite as his body, as the last Adam. These are armed with the knowledge to stand firm against the tree of good and evil and the lies he will try to stop them with. The love they have for one another will allow them to unite as one, and Jesus will no longer be fragmented, diminishing the power. The Lord has no boundaries. He can walk right into paradise and through his body step out of time into eternity. And guess what? He takes us with him. The Lord's day becomes our day of victory and the fulfillment of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 55-57. through 57. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ.